With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Never in the history of the United States, a monster of such size and power. Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast that brings you the stories behind the songs and artists with a theme to tie it all together. Here's your host, Eric Lecky. There are some people in rock and roll and pop music that are just so damn important to the development of sound that we all know and love, and then there are the others that are hugely important but are not given the proper recognition. Session musicians, for example, fit into this category, which is, by the way, one of the reasons I try to highlight session artists in a lot of my factoids that I give you about songs in each season. I mean, how many times have you heard me mention the Wrecking Crew or Booker T and the MGs who are the backing band at Stax Records? It is because they are just as integral to rock and roll and they deserve more mention and acclaim, as is the case with today's topic, Nicky Hopkins, who was more than just a session man, and yet he was also the best session man. And with a little help from our friends over at NickyHopkins.com, who is putting out a really cool documentary on Nicky Hopkins called Session Man, who inspired this episode, here is a bit on how Nicky got to where he was, courtesy of our gentleman friends over there at the website. He was born during an air raid during the night of the 24th of February 1944 in the London suburb of Perryville. Nicholas Christian Hopkins grew up the youngest of four children. Well, Nicky was dogged from a really early age by pretty ill health and was later in life diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And while not a star pupil at school, from the age three, he showed a talent for music and after lessons from a local piano teacher, won a scholarship to the prestigious Royal Academy of Music in London. His classical studies were interrupted on leaving school at age 16, where he joined the original lineup of one of the UK's pioneering rock and roll acts, Screaming Lord Such and the Savages. And after two years of intermittent touring, the entire backing group was picked up by harmonica player and blues purist Cyril Davies, becoming part of his all-stars. With a residency at the original Marquee Club, the band quickly became one of the most popular in the growing British R&B movement, and their seminal recording of Country Line Special was an early influence on such fledgling groups as the Rolling Stones, who actually occasionally opened for the All-Stars. Nicky was forced to leave the group when he entered the hospital in May of 1963 for a series of operations that almost cost him his life. He was bedridden for an incredible 19 months in his late teens. No longer strong enough to contemplate touring, Nicky entered the London session world 
and quite soon fulfilled his ambition to become the scene's busiest pianist. He worked with a long list of well-known clients, including The Who, The Kinks, The Easy Beats, David Bowie, Dusty Springfield, and Cat Stevens, to name a few, as well as hundreds of more obscure artists. In fact, between 1965 and 1968, hardly a week went by without a record release featuring Nicky Hopkins on keyboards. In 1966, CBS released his all-instrumental solo album, The Revolutionary Piano of Nicky Hopkins, and the same year saw him recording for the first time with the Rolling Stones, with whom he would go on to record more than a dozen of their finest albums. By the time he guested on the Beatles' Revolution in 1968, his reputation had begun to spread internationally. Burned out by his relentless schedule, Nicky decided to join a band again, and after turning down Led Zeppelin, he opted for the Jeff Beck group, with whom he toured North America and recorded two albums. When working with Beck became too stressful, Nicky headed for the warmer client of California, recording key albums with Steve Miller Band, Jefferson Airplane, with whom he actually appeared at Woodstock with, and the Quicksilver Messenger Service, with whom he subsequently joined. We will get into a whole mix of songs that Nicky worked on in today's episode. And what I love most about Nicky Hopkins is that it's not about the blistering Jerry Lee Lewis piano solo with him. Much like Listen to This Favorite Subject Matter, The Wrecking Crew, they knew how to fit in to what the artists that they were recording with's needs were and with each individual song. He didn't have to be the star. He could do what was best served for the song, the perfect sideman. Not saying he does not totally rock on the keys, though, but in today's episode, we will see both on display. There will be lots from the Kinks, the Stones, and the Who, with some Beatles solo work thrown in, as these were the collaborations he was best known for. But I made it a point to highlight a few other lesser-known works that really scratch my Nicky Hopkins itch. So why don't we get started with one of those right now? Kathy, I I love you The bright stars above you Are the same stars tonight That are shining on me Tell them you love me And those stars above me Will silently echo Your love song Very, very young, just out of his teenage years, Nicky Hopkins playing pretty delicate piano on that song by Clinton Ford, Kathy, I Love You. Clinton Ford was an English singer that sounded very American country in his style. He was popular in his native England in the 50s and 60s. He was born George Stopford Harrison, but he began his recording career as Clinton Ford with the Oriole record label, changing his name because his own name did not fit his American-styled song. It was all about marketing. Ford had his first success with a cover of the Red Foley song, Old Shep, which appeared on the charts in 1959. He donated all his royalties from that recording to Guide Dogs for the Blind. Hey, 
don't know much about love, people But I sure think I've got it bad <laughs> yeah. Too much about love, people But I sure think I've got it bad Some people say love is just a gamble But whatever it is about to drive for me mad Yes it is I sit here in my lonely room That was a Jeff Beck group with Blues Deluxe. The first iteration of the Jeff Beck group formed in London in early 1967. It included the guitarist Jeff Beck, of course, vocalist Rod Stewart, and rhythm guitarist Ronnie Wood, with bass players and drummers and, of course, piano contributors changing on the regular. In fact, the lineup went through months of personnel changes, notably no fewer than four drummers before settling on Ansley Dunbar and switching Ron Wood over to bass guitar. This lineup spent most of 1967 playing the UK club circuit. Some of the Jeff Beck group's best songs all had Nicky Hopkins on piano. Beck's Bolero, Going Down, Cause We Ended As Lovers, Freeway Jam, I Ain't Superstitious, just to name a few. But I chose Blues Deluxe since it is my favorite Jeff Beck group song, and Nicky's piano lends an integral part to this rockin' song. I was round when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Me damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. But what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Stuck around St. Petersburg. When I saw it was a time for a change Killed the Tsar and his ministers Anastasia screamed in vain I rode a tank, held a generous rank When the blitzkrieg raged and the bodies stank
Hopkins' work with the Rolling Stones might be his best collaboration with the band, rocking his piano magic on some of their most legendary songs. I picked one that everyone has heard one million times on the radio, Sympathy for the Devil, and another, No Expectations, that while moderately popular, remains one of my favorite Stones tracks. Sympathy for the Devil's been played Far too much on classic rock radio, but that doesn't change how awesome of a song it is. This song perpetuated the image of the Stones as frightening bad boys as opposed to those clean-cut Beatles that even your grandmother liked. It was great marketing for the band. The lyrics were inspired by The Master and Margarita, a book by Mikhail Bugalov. British singer Marion Faithful was Jagger's girlfriend at the time, and she gave him the book. Faithful came from an upper-class background and exposed Jagger to a lot of new ideas. In the book, the devil is a sophisticated socialite, a man of wealth and taste, as they say in the song. Jagger claims this is about the dark side of man, not a celebration of Satanism. The original title was, The Devil Is My Name. Said Jagger about this, quote, Songs can metamorphosize and sympathy for the devil is one of those songs that started off like one thing i wrote it one way and then we started to change the rhythm altogether and then it became something completely different and then it got very exciting it started off as a folk song and then it became a samba a good song can become anything it's got a lot of historical references and a lot of poetry some of the historical events mentioned in the song are the crucifixion of Christ, the Russian Revolution, World War II, and the Kennedy assassinations. Other historical events alluded to in the song include the Hundred Years' War, when he said, we fought for ten decades, and the Nazi Blitzkrieg, the, the Blitzkrieg raged and the bodies stank. No Expectations, on the other hand, has an element of melancholy in the song that is only enhanced by Nicky Hopkins' piano playing, which is lingering in the background, and of course, that just fabulous steel guitar sound as well. When the Rolling Stones founder, Brian Jones, died in 1969, this song took on new meaning as lyrics like, Our love is like our music, it's here and then it's gone, made it a fitting elegy. Jones' slide guitar on the song was one of his last meaningful contributions to the group. After years of drug addiction and squabbles with the band, he was fired from the group in June of 69 and died less than a month later. The Stones performed this on the Rock and Roll Circus, a British TV special the Stones taped in 1968 but never aired. Brian Jones played this with a passion he was clearly losing as drugs took over his life at the time, though. Rock and Roll Circus was finally released on video in 1995.
1968. That was the remarkably talented Dusty Springfield with I Close My Eyes and Count to Ten. Released as a single, it got to number four in the UK charts. Dusty's real name is Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien, but that is a mouthful and Dusty Springfield is admittedly an improvement. Between 1964 and 69, Springfield hit it big in her native Britain with several singles, which in America either failed to chart or were not released. Among them were... I Just Don't Know What to Do With Myself, the many of her uh, Bacharach slash David covers, In the Middle of Nowhere, Some of Your Lovin', Going Back, and I Close My Eyes and Count to Ten. Conversely, she charted in the U.S., but not in the U.K., with hits like Wishin' and Hopin', The Look of Love, and The Windmills of Your Mind. Springfield is known for her love of Motown. She introduced the Motown sound to a wider U.K. audience, both with her covers of Motown songs and by facilitating the first U.K. TV appearance for The Temptations, The Supremes, and even Martha and Vendellas, uh, The Miracles, Stevie Wonder... I mean, everyone who played Motown in the UK basically can trace that back to Dusty Springfield. In fact, a special edition of the 1963-66 British TV music series Ready, Steady, Go, a show that was kind of like MTV at the time, back when MTV played music, she was frequently a host of and would say that as the condition of her being the host, you'd have to book a Motown band.
Jealous Guy by John Lennon. That is just one of my favorites. And the feeling and emotion in the piano that's being played is so integral to the track. And John Lennon, you know, played piano, which might have made the former Beatle even more appreciative of what Nicky Hopkins could do on an instrument. That's probably why Lennon turned over piano duties on Jealous Guy to this session wizard, Nicky Hopkins, who delivered one of his most delicate and memorable performances. Hopkins' work was a perfect match for John's emotionally honest ballad, and everyone came away impressed. Nicky's fellow session legend Jim Keltner played drums on the recording and came away shaking his head, saying, quote, nobody in the world ever played piano like Nicky Hopkins. Decades later, Lennon's widow Yoko Ono remained in awe. Quote, Nicky Hopkins playing on Jello Sky is so melodic and beautiful that it still makes me cry even now. It wasn't Nicky's only turn on the Imagine album, though. Although Lennon handled piano on the title cut, Hopkins played the jaunty part on Oh Yoko and contributed electric piano on How Do You Sleep while appearing on other tracks and future Lennon recordings. Actually, Hopkins is the distinction of playing on solo records made by all four Beatles, including Ringo Starr's You're 16, George Harrison's Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth, and Paul McCartney's That Day Is Done. slice of pop perfection there is Del Shannon with Runaway and yes I just played you the first song that Nicky Hopkins is credited as playing on that's how long ago he started doing this what a fantastic start to a career this song is about a guy whose girl leaves him and is left to wonder what went wrong a lot of Shannon's songs were about broken relationships in fact he once said that he wrote the words to this about himself because he was forever running away from relationships Tom Petty makes a reference to the song in his song, Running Down a Dream. The line is, it was a beautiful day. Me and Del were singing A Little Runaway. This was used in the movie American Graffiti, a film that used many 1950s and 60s American pop, rock, and doo-wop songs to create a jukebox-style soundtrack. The film is set in 62. You know, the tagline was, where were you in 62? Shannon's Runaway is an appropriate period song. The B-side for the first run of Runaway single was a song titled Jody. Shannon stated that Jody, not Runaway, was actually his favorite song he ever recorded. Long ago Far away. Excuse me. (laughs) 
there Just looking for my baby, but she wasn't there Heard someone knocking and watched him as I tried There stood my baby, looking in my eyes Crazy little mama, woman, not, not, knocking Just like she did before chose that Harry Nilsson song at my front door so that I could feature a different artist that Nicky Hopkins contributed to. The album was released in 1972, and there's a great piano solo that I played for you there by Nicky Hopkins, which occurs a minute and 50 seconds into the song. It's from the album Son of Schmilson by Harry Nilsson, and he was being pressured to produce a follow-up album similar to his 71 breakthrough Nilsson Schmilson, but instead he kind of just created a more eccentric work, well, it worked, though, because it still turned out to be a gold-certified record. Most of the sessions were extensively filmed at the request of Nilsson. The footage was to be used for a planned documentary titled, Did Somebody Drop His Mouse? Don't know where that title came from. But the film was never released. pulsing rock and roll piano just absolutely transforms that song one of my favorite things about that song besides the very last bit of drums that come in at the end is the piano just got amazing from Nicky Hopkins there that was of course the who with Baba O'Reilly and the first part of that title that song by the way comes from Meher Baba who was Pete Townsend's spiritual guru the second part comes from Terry Riley an experimental minimalist composer that Townsend really admired many of the keyboard riffs and sound effects on the who's next album were a result of Riley's influence well and Popkin's playing of course 
The title is not even mentioned in the lyrics, so of course the song is often mistakenly referred to as Teenage Wasteland. The Teenage Wasteland section was a completely different song Townsend combined with his Baba O'Reilly idea to form one song. Pete Townsend spent a few weeks in his home studio putting together the part that sounds like a synthesizer on a Lowry organ. His goal was to create a replication of the electronic music of the future. When he took the tape of his recording to engineer Glenn Johns, he expected Johns to alter it, but Johns left it as is, insisting it was perfect. This is the first song on the Who's Next album, the most successful album of the Who's career. Although it was one of the most popular Who songs, it was never released as a single in America or the UK. It was, however, the perfect song for the up-and-coming album-oriented rock format that was picking up steam on FM radio. Always played on a moderation, Baba became a classic rock staple and remains on many of these playlists. flying around and big names I, I wanted to play you something from a band that I was hoping no one had heard of before that was the band Warm Sounds with Sticks and Stones I think they sound a lot like the Kinks Warm Sounds was an English musical duo consisting of Denver Gerard and Barry Jugensband yes that's their names and later adding John Carr they are considered a one-hit wonder for their single Birds and Bees from 1967. However, they had an airplay hit followed up with Sticks and Stones in August of 67. This track didn't make it to the BBC chart, but it was climbing the Radio London Fab 40 when the station closed on August 15th. It risen to number nine in the final chart. The group existed from 67 to 68 before disbanding and were lucky enough to get Nicky Hopkins to, at the height of his powers, by the way, to play on their song.
gotta say, I, I really, really do love the Quicksilver Messenger service. I, I like a lot of their songs, and that was them with Edward the Mad Shirt Grinder. Well, this is Nikki's magnum opus with Quicksilver, and the song he is most remembered for. It appeared on the Shady Grove and Quicksilver anthology album box set. This song is essentially a duel between Nikki on piano and organ and John Cipollina on guitar. They were part of a new wave of album-oriented bands achieving renown and popularity despite a lack of success with their singles. Only one, Fresh Air, even charted, reaching only number 49 in 1970. Though not as commercially successful as their contemporaries like Jefferson Airplane and The Grateful Dead, Quicksilver was integral to the beginnings of a genre. Thank you for the days Those endless days, those sacred days you gave me I'm thinking of the days I won't forget a single day, believe me I bless the light I bless the light that lights on you, believe me And though you're gone you're with me every single day, believe me Days I remember all my life Days when you can't see wrong from right You took my life But then I knew that very soon you'd leave me But it's alright Now I'm not frightened of this world, believe me I wish today would be tomorrow Light is dark, it just brings sorrow, let it wait Thank you for the day Those endless days, those sacred days you gave me I'm thinking of the day the Kinks with their song Days. It's an example of what you hear from the piano in a song being complementary to the song and not meant to stand out like a solo. The piano is in the background on that one, but quite a lovely song. Although Ray Davies praised Hopkins' lack of ego in the studio, it's unlikely that the piano player would have said the same thing about the Kinks' frontman. While Davies could appreciate Hopkins' contributions with the benefit of hindsight, when the band was recording The Kinks Are the Village Green Preservation Society, the Kinks leader apparently got jealous of Hopkins and credited the entirety of Nicky's keyboard work on the album to himself instead. Well, as a result, Hopkins vowed to never work with the Kinks again, but before all of that ugliness happened, Hopkins elevated this feel of the song days a single like hopkins credit on the album was left off the final version of village green preservation society because of ray davies nikki plays piano and mellotron adding a sweep and detail to the recording eventually his work was not only acknowledged but celebrated by davies in the later years quote on a ballad he could sense which notes to wrap around the song and without being obtrusive said davies in 1995 he managed to give days for instance a mysterious religious quality without being sentimental or pious the song days was originally only intended to be a track on the 68 concept album the kinks or the village green preservation society but after the commercial failure of the previous release wonder boy it was rushed out as a single well, the song peaked at number 12 in the UK, but failed to chart in the US. Fearing that the band's 
Time Was Up following the failure of Wonder Boy, Ray Davies wrote this nostalgic song saying goodbye to his music career. He said in an interview, I just don't care anymore. So I thought, hey, say goodbye nicely. And that's why I wrote the song Days. It wasn't often that the Fab Four let an outsider take the spotlight on a new Beatles recording. I mean, Eric Clapton and Billy Preston are among the few exceptions on instruments because they could play it so well themselves. But when recording John Lennon's aggressive Revolution redo, I mean, the slower version is, appears on the White Album and it came first, the band tapped Nicky Hopkins to play electric piano. Between his work with The Who, The Kinks, and The Stones, among many others as we've shown you here on this episode, he already had quite a reputation. Plus, he just played with three-fourths of the Beatles on Jackie Lomax's Sour Milk Sea, a song written by George Harrison featuring Harrison, Clapton, Paul McCartney, and Ringo Starr on the track. The single flopped because Apple Records released it at the same time as Hey Jude, which carried the B-side, Revolution. When Nicky came into Abbey Road Studios to overdub his electric piano part on Revolution, he was allowed to play however he wanted, so he took a Johnny Johnson-like solo, likely to match Lennon's sludgy, Chuck Berry-esque riffing. There weren't really any instructions except where they wanted the piano to start, and I basically just played some blues stuff, and we did it all in one take, Hopkins recalled. Nicky Hopkins also said, I remember I was surprised at the amount of distortion. It was John's rough side coming out, and it just sounded wonderful. It would be the only time Hopkins would record with the Beatles, plural, but far from his only con contribution to a record by a Beatle since he worked with them as individuals.
That was Jefferson Airplane with their song, Volunteers. Between sessions with the Kinks, the Beatles, and the Stones, 1968 was a really busy year for Nicky Hopkins, perhaps maybe even a little too busy. Hopkins was in his mid-twenties at this point and was growing weary of being London's go-to piano player and entertained the idea of joining a band. He actually rejected Jimmy Page's invitation to become a member of the new Yardbirds, which would soon rechristen themselves as Led Zeppelin, but did agree to join the Jeff Beck group. In 1969, Holmes left his home country for San Francisco, becoming a member briefly of the Quicksilver Messenger Service while recording with a number of other Bay Area bands. One of them was Jefferson Airplane, who were making their fifth studio album, Volunteers. At the time, Nicky appears on five of the LP's cuts and brings his boogie-woogie style to the barnstorming title track for the album. Later that year, Hopkins also joined Airplane for their slot at Woodstock, garnering onstage praise from singer Grace Slick for his assistance, which is the version of the song I chose to play you, live at Woodstock, the song Volunteers from the album Volunteers. Written by Jefferson Airplane guitarist Paul Cantor and vocalist Marty Ballin, this song is a call to take a stand against the U.S. government and the war in Vietnam. Volunteers was the last album the band recorded before massive personnel changes altered their original sound, which was psychedelic rock. song is over and hopefully you're starting to hear how great Nikki was and how you really never knew it was him and all of these classic tracks the piano on this who song is just so iconic and it's all Nikki Hopkins a great hired gun knows how to fit perfectly into a song's arrangement and structure providing perfect accompaniment without sticking out too much Hopkins has the innate ability to craft a brilliant piano line that stuck out in any arrangement but never sounded like it came from a 70s 
session musician. He sounded like a member of the band. And even though he had a signature style, Hopkins always just sounded like a member of the Stones and the Kinks and one of the other 500 bands that he played with. Perhaps because Peter Townsend later took major influence from Hopkins while crafting the keyboard parts to Quadrophenia, Hopkins' work on the Who's Next album, the song is over specifically, sounds like a classic Who part. Gorgeous and kind of titanic in scope, he jumps from stately ballad to Old West style and runs through it like it's nothing, keeping the six minute the song is over barreling towards its conclusion. Harrison with Give Me Love. George Harrison explained in his autobiography, Me, Mine, and I, sometimes you open your mouth and you don't know what you are going to say, and whatever comes out is the starting point. If that happens and you are lucky, it can usually be turned into a song. This song is a prayer and a personal statement between me, the Lord, and whoever likes it. The song's positive meaning and spiritual overtones coincided with the height of Harrison's devotion to the Hindu spirituality. As with Harrison's religious number, My Sweet Lord, it combines the Hindu devotional song with a Western gospel tradition. However, unlike My Sweet Lord, Harrison prays throughout to Lord rather than Hare Krishna. Give Me Love became George Harrison's second U.S. number one following My Sweet Lord. It pushed Paul McCartney and Wings, My Love, from the top position, making the only occasion that two former Beatles have held the top two chart positions on the Hot 100. George Harrison plays all guitars on the track. The other musicians on it are, of course, Nicky Hopkins on piano, Jim Keltner on drums, Klaus Vorman on bass, and Gary Wright on organ. He never will forget it all The day he played in the Albert Hall A million sessions ago it seemed 
session and a chord progression, a top musician, a rock and roll or folk star, a philharmonic orchestra. Everything comes the same to him. He's a session man, a chord progression. He's not paid to sing, just play. A session man, a session man, a session man playing at the different studio every day. That was the Kinks with Session Man. And Hopkins' association with the Kinks became second only to his collaboration with the Stones, the most seismic and memorable of his career. Playing on four studio albums throughout a three-year run, Hopkins brought albums like Face to Face and the Kinks of the Village Green Preservation Society to life. With an uncanny ability to illuminate Ray Davies' increasingly Baroque writings, Hopkins was a perfect fit for the Kinks. Although Hopkins and Davies later fell out over who played most of the keyboards on this album, as I mentioned to you before, just by style and technique, it appears to be Nicky Hopkins, though, he was the partial inspiration for this song, Session Man, during which he laid down some of the most mind-bending, complex keyboard work of his entire recorded career. Davies himself later called it Hopkins' greatest moment with the kinks, and it's hard to argue with him. Fancy in my midnight dream. 
from the Steve Miller Band. That was just a passing fancy in a midnight dream. A great piano riff, almost like a guitar solo there from Hopkins. That was from Steve Miller Band's fourth album, Your Saving Grace, from 1969. And it comes that song, which is really the best song on the album, though it never charted as a single. The group had a string of mid to late 1970s hit singles that are staples of classic rock, as well as uh, several earlier, more psychedelic rock albums. They started as the Steve Miller Blues Band, but the band's name was shortened to the Steve Miller Band at the recommendation of George Martin, producer of the Beatles, in order to broaden its appeal. Summertime And the living is easy So easy Fish are jumping everywhere, baby And the cotton's so high Hey, your daddy's rich So rich And your mother's good looking I said she is So hush, little baby Stop your crying Hey, one of these mornings, that's right My baby's gonna rise up Singing some She'll be spreading, spreading her wings She'll take to the sky up was the bluesy song Summertime by Chris Farlow. He is best known for his hit single Out of Time, written by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, which rose to number one for him on the UK singles chart back in 1966. And covering Rolling Stone songs was pretty easy for Chris Farlow because he was not only friends with the Stones, but he was tied to their manager's record label, which explains why Nicky Hopkins, who was basically an unofficial member of the Stones, winds up playing on this song. In fact, while on the Rolling Stones manager's label, Chris Farlow recorded 11 singles. Five of them are cover versions of Rolling Stone songs, including Paint It Black, Think, Right On Baby, Satisfaction, and Out of Time. The second song from Martha Reeves, I've Got to Use My Imagination, is more of a subtle piano part. Martha Reeves, she is the lead singer of the Motown girl group Martha and the Vandellas. 
for our final song, I have a treat for you. It's not from a band per se, so it's not from a normal group that you can go and see play live. And they really didn't even officially put out an album. In fact, the recording you're about to hear only exists because the engineer in the studio, Glenn Johns, had enough sense in him to hit the record button, as this was not a planned recording. It was completely impromptu. So do yourself a favor and put the album Jamming with Edward on your playlist. Go ahead, pause the podcast and do it right now. And you really should and come back to us and listen to the end. We'll wait. It's a hell of a find, and you will love it. What you're basically listening to for this closing song is, it's essentially the Rolling Stones minus Keith Richards making up music on the spot with Nicky Hopkins, and it is fantastic. The song is called Edward's Thrump Up, and it's the name given to the band for the session by Glenn Johns is jamming with Edward. Edward being the nickname of Nicky Hopkins. I don't know how Nicky Hopkins gets turned into Edward, but that's what they all called him. So we hope we introduced you to someone from rock and roll history that contributed to some legendary songs on legendary albums from legendary bands but is also an artist that needs to be represented in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for his contributions to this entire genre of music. So as we close with our season finale, season nine, with Edward's Thrump Up, please remember to turn it up loud and, of course, be on the lookout for season 10 where we go bigger and better than ever.
Thank you for listening to Listen to This. Please recommend to a friend and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. For more podcasts and online content, please visit thisisfunner.com.